It's Thursday, and you know what that means here at Locked On Eagles. It's Crossover Thursday with Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings, bringing you all the matchups, score prediction, and what could happen come Monday night. Join me here on Locked On Eagles for all that and more. Are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than the prize picks projection, you get up to 10 times your money. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. That's prizepicks.com slash LOCKEDON. And we're locked on here at the Lockdown Eagles podcast. I'm Gino Camilleri, your host, and we're going to get right into it. Joined by Lockdown Vikings, Luke Braun. Hope you guys enjoy the show. It is week two in the National Football League, and you know what that means. It is week two of Crossover Thursday here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. And this week, I am joined by host of the Lockdown Vikings podcast, Luke Braun. I am Gino Camilleri, host of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Luke, we're both 1-0. We're going into yet another Eagles-Vikings matchup where... I'm not as high on this team going into this matchup as I was in the past going into Minnesota, but I think this is one that has so many storylines that you could get caught up in the off-the-field stuff when the product on Sunday is going to be rather fun to watch. Well, can we get it out of the way then, right away? Yeah. Do you want the Jalen Regor update? Yeah, let's talk about it. We've let's begun to sexualize him. He's an objectified <laughs> piece of meat. And I don't know, so like it's you guys didn't like him, right? Like it, it, the first round bust thing, you guys were, it seems like you were see, happy to see the back of him. And so were we, but like in a way different way. <laughs> that, okay. That's a fantastic way to put it. No, that's great. And I'm, I'm glad you have made light of the Jalen Rager situation because coming out of what he went through here in Philadelphia, he really needed to go somewhere where he could just get out of the hay and Man, the fans yeah. gave it to him here. And then Minnesota Nice, I'm sure he's loving up there right about now. Nice is one word for it. We <laughs> have, I kid you not, we're sexualizing him. Do you know that the Eagles fans know the quote? You should say it again. I, I've read the quote okay. many times. Go ahead. So special teams coordinator Matt Daniels uh, was talking about, he said, hey, I was salivating over this guy back in the 2020 draft. Uh, and this is all verbatim. He is a very stout, cocky built guy. He's not really narrow. He's got thick, strong legs, big glutes, really nice calves, you know. Again, I salivated over the guy. <laughs> and so now he's a sex icon in Minnesota. So thanks for that. And also a punt returner. That's all he does here. He's wide receiver for a punt returner. Is he a punt returner, though? Because in Philadelphia, He's doing it man, for us, yeah. It, it was a up and down streak for him. And let's start it out with Jalen Rager. Let's start it out with the wide receiver position as a whole. So you said he slots in to that wide receiver four position. Four or five, seemed, I guess. I don't think he got a single rep from, I, I'd have to check, but I don't think he got a snap from scrimmage. He was just a returner. 
and all of them should have been fair caught. He returned one and actually did a good job, but he totally should have fair caught it. So that was I, that's all it is. Of, sounds of like Jalen Rager. Yeah, absolutely is. And I mean, the return that they got for him, it it seems to be that way as well. But the guys ahead of him, it's good when you have a one, two, and three Mm -hmm. as good as Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and my personal favorite, horns up to the former UB Buffalo and Miami. Wow. KJ Osborne. Oh, come on. KJ Osborne. You get it then. You know, he's good. He. They didn't use him at all. They didn't use Thielen. They didn't use anybody but Jefferson against the Packers because they didn't have to. But he's our mm-hmm. our little secret. He's uh, he looked great in camp. He's a uh, way better. Res- he's probably still number three right now, just by virtue of Thielen and Jefferson being there. But uh, he's a dog, man. He can play. And that's the thing with the Eagles right now is coming off of that game last week where Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Chark, they had a bit of success. What is your feeling going into this game where the Eagles just gave up 35 points on defense? The Vikings look like world beaters with Justin Jefferson and what they were able to do against the Packers. I mean, if we're going to do this, match them up X's against X's, it looks pretty fair. But I just think and say, man, this is a much better team than Detroit. I don't know how you can hold this team to anything less than that right now. I, I, what happened against the Lions? Because I thought the Eagles defense was supposed to be like super like Jordan Davis and Darius Slay. And you had like you would think. the Eagles defense was supposed to be super dope, right? Jordan Davis, when he was on the field, on the ground, Detroit was only getting a little over two and a half yards per carry. When he was off of the field, he okay. was up near seven and a half yards per pop. So that was the thing. They That's didn't amazing. utilize their personnel correctly. They would leave the four down front out there, which got eaten alive all day against the run and against the pass because against the run, they were just leaving two, three techs, regardless if they were running under and over. And they were just trapping these guys to death. They were just getting in their face, pushing them out of the play. Fletcher Cox is good. Don't get me wrong, but he's not the same guy he was. He doesn't have that endurance to take on double teams all day long. Javon Hargrave, he is not playing at the caliber we saw him last year, and they didn't have the guy that they drafted to beat inside trap blocks to open up the A and B gap for other players yeah. to get in there. They only gave him north of 20 snaps. So if they don't go into this Was week, he tired? I don't know. I think it's Jonathan Gannon. I think it's really the the defensive coordinator and he has all of these pieces. You can't say what they added wasn't good enough to go out there and put together a better product against the Lions team. That is better. But what they did to you in the second half in situational football where you couldn't get off of the field against the team that is probably going to be one of the easier matchups you play. Now you're going into a game where you have two elite route running wide receivers and multiple running backs that can carry the ball on inside zone and spread you out on outside zone as well. So we're going to see if they can't hit their gap, if they can't tackle, this Minnesota team has showed with this exact personnel over the last couple of years against the Eagles that they can eat them up. And that's the thing that really frightens me. It's wild. You're like talking me into this. I have no idea what to make of this matchup going into this conversation, but you're kind of talking. I might pick the Vikings. Damn. <laughs> Every time I, I, no I, I, I was going to go with Vegas. Positive, but... It goes reverse. It goes. Reverse. Okay. So you're doing the reverse jinx. All right. I'm going to join you then. So we'll both pick against our teams. <laughs> <laughs> That's one so it's, way to do yeah, it. it's, 
it, it's interesting because the Vikings, the the run game was like fine, but obviously the the whole game was defined by just Justin Jefferson going off, and the whole offensive game plan was revolved, like revolved around getting favorable matchups for Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, the Packers really wanted Jair on there on him, mm-hmm. but the Vikings kind of denied that. They motioned him away or or moved him across the field so that Jair had to had to pass him off. Um, and that is kind of the defining thing of this game. So I, I guess my question is, do you think the Eagles are gonna sell out on Justin Jefferson? Because like that's that that's gonna be question. what they have to do. And if they do, then we start talking about like, okay, are they going into a nickel package with Jordan Davis off the field? And now, you know, we're going to run for Ada pop. And I, I don't know. Cause like the, the Vikings did not have to go more than two pages into their playbook against the Packers. It was wild. I can't like, you'd think they'd make you work harder than that, mm-hmm. but they really ran their staple concepts in sort of a vanilla way. And it just kept working and they just kept going to it. And then before you knew it, you look up and you're up 16 points in the third quarter. And then the game sort of warps from there. Um, so like that's the way it seemed like the Vikings approached green Bay. Will they approach Philadelphia that way? I have no idea. And it's why I'm like really struggling. I don't really know what to make of this game. Um, because I honestly don't know how the Vikings are going to approach it. Was that just a green Bay thing or do they want to live like that? Do they want to live in this world where everything is meant to go to Justin Jefferson more dedicated in a, in a sense than like the Rams were to Cooper cup, which is what we talked about all off season, the Cooper cup role and all that. That's, that's what I don't know. So I guess we have to look at like, you know, we're going to talk about key matchups in a little bit here. Um, but like there isn't a Justin Jefferson versus Darius Slay matchup. If the Vikings have anything to say about it, that won't happen. It'll be Justin Jefferson versus Marcus Epps. Which, by the way, I want to ask you about him too because it's a little sore. <laughs> we let him go, <laughs> and it seems like he's playing well. I will say before we get into our key matchups, because what you said about Justin Jefferson, I think, will lead perfectly into our discussion because that's essentially what this game plan will boil down to. But man, Marcus Epps, let me tell you something. You talk about the reverse of Jalen Rager, somebody who came in here, and the first waiver thing claim. you waiver claim gets put into a position in a playoff game against Seattle late in that game where he's matched up one-on-one against DK Metcalf. Not fair. Nobody should be asked to do that, especially an undrafted rookie, somebody that they get off of waiver claims. And then all of a sudden, he just is a guy that we say, like TJ Edwards at the linebacker position, you can't kick him off the roster. He just does too many things, good enough to stay around, but not anything great. But now He's kind of evolved into doing some things pretty well. Last week, he had an exceptional, an exceptional play early on, on a screen to the slot receiver where he was responsible for. He's about 12 yards off in that overhang position. He's coming down, reads the screen pass right away. Penny Sewell is trying to reach block. Oh, I saw that clip. Blows by Penny Sewell, puts his shoulder down, perfect form tackle, blows up the play. If he doesn't make that tackle, that runner has a key blocker in front of him in Penny Sewell, and he's taken off for 15 to 20 yards. And not only that, he made a play against the pass last week where he is on the opposite side of the field as the right safety, reads the deep crosser on his third, takes him all the way across the field to cap the route that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson had over the top. He comes underneath. They cone this thing perfectly, and you're just saying – 
his intelligence shows up, and there's a reason Damn. why they couldn't kick him off. And I say that smarts in this league, if you are smart, the athleticism will catch up to you, not the other you know way that around. Sounds like? Go ahead. You're going to laugh. You know who that sounds like? Anthony Harris in 2019. A very, very similar story. Very similar. Yeah. And I think the scheme and the people in charge of who were calling plays for him, I mean, man, Mike Zimmer is really what we are doing in our defense. So it makes all the a sense little, in the yeah. world. Because he was on the Zimmer, he was started on the Zimmer staff, right? Jonathan mm-hmm. Yes, sir. All right, so we got to talk about Turo, and then we're going to talk about matchups. Today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want, with a community of local hosts. If you don't like using Enterprise or any of the other big names, Turo is the app for you. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or any budget. Book an SUV or minivan for a family road trip, a pickup truck for some errands, or even a test drive in an EV. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms and conditions and exclusions apply. Ditch boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. All right, everybody, welcome on back to Crossover Thursday, the second week here in the National Football League. Thank you for tuning in here to the Locked On Podcast Network over at Locked On NFL. Gino Camilleri from Locked On Eagles, Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings, and we are bringing you key matchups for this week two Monday night edition. we got to wait an extra day, Luke. I I know that early on in the season, we always just – it's always bitter to me. Because everybody's having fun on Sunday. It's not week one. Week two is a close second. But there's also another game. So you don't really get the national spotlight. Buffalo is going to be taking on Tennessee that night. We're kind of just in the background. We're a filler little NFC game that we have this bitter rivalry between our We're fan the, bases. Over the bitter time. rivalry. <laughs> We're like the the like YouTuber fight before the real fight on like UFC night. Yes. Great way to yeah. say it. And both just as toxic. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, with toxic fan bases, right? One way more toxic than the other. So let's talk about <laughs> matchups. Gotta get um, in there. Gotta. I had to. I'm sorry. Uh, so let's talk about Matt. So here's the matchup that everybody in Minnesota is talking about: Jordan Davis on Garrett Bradbury. Garrett Bradbury weighs. Will go with 300 pounds. That's what they listed him on the website. So sure. Uh, and Jordan Davis is a beast. Um, mm-hmm. And so there are tons of clips from the last couple of years, especially of Garrett Bradbury, just getting like walked back into the, into the quarterback's lap. And that feels like the kind of thing Jordan Davis could do here, but not if he's on the bench, what do they do? Is he tired? Like, I I can't believe this. I've done a couple of Eagle shows and everybody's been like, yeah, the whole thing is Jordan Davis, that run game split. So is he going to play? Is this going to, are you going to exploit this? Cause this feels like the time to do it. If he's not on the field, I'll, I'll say that Garrett Bradbury should have a little bit of an easier time. But Fletcher Cox, what he did last week to poor and maybe Logan Stender. Yeah, sure. We've got a rookie at right guard, too, that got kind of exposed by uh, Kenny Clark. So maybe they just do that. There's two things that are sure to happen in life. The sun will come up and Fletcher Cox will expose a young offensive lineman. He might sure. not show up against the Zach Martins of the world at his age anymore. 
But, man, he just knows to come at you with his technicality. His power is just too much to anchor against. And you talk about Bradbury. If I'm a defensive coordinator, I go at the interior of Minnesota's offensive Mm -hmm. line all day long. I overpower all the gaps. I bring down even Hassan Riddick, put him in the A or B gap, blitz him from depth at times. Now you have Kaiser White. Now you have TJ Edwards who can fill gaps. You have to take care of the run game. Because Minnesota, the last couple years where they have really exposed Philadelphia is when they could open that play action game up. When they made you just so fearful of Delvin Cook, Kirk Cousins is able to take advantage of the rest of the field. And he's done it the last three, four years against the Eagles. They they did like 30% play action in week one. So like, I'm sure that's going to be a lot of it, but it's, it's interesting because I, I don't know if I would like mug the a gaps against these Vikings. Like I would probably do like, like I want to get a big on there and you want to get Bradbury one-on-one. Like that's what you, or get Ed Ingram one-on-one, the, the, the rookie right guard um, who looked like he had a good camp. He's just kind of baptism by fire, young guy, but mm-hmm. he like, you want to get those guys one-on-one and I don't know if putting like, you don't want him to get one-on-one with a, a Sam linebacker. <laughs> like you want him to get <laughs> one-on-one with, you know, Fletcher Cox. And so just overload a side or something like that. Um, but I also want to flip to the other side of the trenches because the Vikings have this unreal disruptive front. They just lived in the backfield. Dalvin Tomlinson was on, on ones that area Smith had revenge game, petty energy. Um, Daniel Hunter's Daniel Hunter and Harrison Phillips was really disruptive, especially in the front and just like immovable like that front four. And then you get Jonathan Bullard, who's like a rotational guy, if you want to go into base, but, um, what, where's the weak spot? on the offensive line for the Eagles. Like who's the guy, who's your Bradbury, your guy you fear. Um, because what we're probably doing right now in the meetings is that Darius Smith is watching Eagles tape and going, I want that guy. And is trying to set up one-on-ones for himself on that. Best of luck. I mean, this is in my opinion, is it, top is it like top to bottom line. five? I would say I trust all of them in one-on-one situations. If I had to pick right. a weak point, it would probably be at right guard with Isaac Sayamalu just because it's his first season ever playing at right guard. He's naturally okay. been a left guard who has made that transfer over to right guard since Brandon Brooks has retired come last year. But the Eagles offensive line last week was not sharp. They allowed a, a ton of pressure hmm. through which to me was shocking because you would have to believe a Detroit Lions team was going to send the house at you. I mean, what's the way they're going to win that game? It's by stopping Jalen Hurts, right? Well, it kind of backfired on them at times. And Brian Baldinger put out a a great tweet about this saying, you don't want your quarterback to rush 17 times a game, but if your offensive line is 17, 17 times. Oh my God. No, he ran the ball 17 times. Yes. Yeah, it was bananas. He was under pressure. Why would you do and that? It, okay. There he was only die. one. I know, but he, he didn't get hit too often that late. I mean, there was finally a flag. But when you look at what Dylan has to do, and one thing we say over at our show, can he run out of necessity rather than just wanting to? Because that's what he did earlier. Yeah. He, he reverted back yeah, a lot to of young quarterbacks do that. And, like, yes, that's a real so, rookie. Yes, very rookie thing. But now. And what he had to do last week, there was where Jordan Maialata and Lane Dickerson, who are literally best friends in real life, just had a communication breakdown passing off a stunt. 
which for an Eagles offensive line, that's that's sure. one thing that shouldn't happen. But Jalen Hurts is there to to help you out of pressure a little bit. I'm saying if Minnesota can figure out a way to hit home with four rushers, like you're saying, I'm I'm deathly afraid of Zaria Smith. I think his versatility to line him up inside and out and not know really where he's going to come from is going to make Jalen Hurts have to think for a quick second, which might throw him off. But at the same time, there's that thin line that you have to ride between trying to bring pressure at the Eagles' offensive line because if they're on and they keep you at bay and you have to account for the legs of Jalen Hurts while A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and -and so-and-so are separating out there, that's when things can get dangerous. You just have to find that even ground with the Eagles, which I think the Detroit Lions did a great job of doing last week. I think the Vikings are going to try to get home with four, and I think they're going to try to game it. Um, Smart. Like, that's like they didn't, they barely blitzed against the Packers. And like, blitzing Aaron Rodgers has never been that wise a proposition. So it might have been a game plan thing. Absolutely. And we can't, we've only seen one game, so we can't know like what's real and what's game plan. But like, they, uh, they did a ton of twists and stunts in games. Like it was very rarely just a straight up four man rush. So they might try to mess with your protections, but without committing an extra person, because the extra person is probably going to, and this is the next matchup thing, probably going to be way more keen to keep extra people back to give the corners help against like AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. Um, The corners played pretty well. Patrick Peterson had a couple of blips. Cameron Dantzler didn't, um, those are the two outside corners. Then you had Chandon Sullivan on the inside, who's probably going to be the weak point on the secondary. So I have a feeling that they are just going to keep all of their safeties and corners like way deep and just say, just cap the heck out of everything and say, you guys have to live dink and dunk. And we're mm-hmm. going to hope that we can get home eventually with four forcing you to kind of slow play it all. Um, I don't know. Are, is, are the Eagles comfortable with that? Or are they going to be the kind of team that says, now nah, we're going to try to go deep anyways. And we're going to start throwing these into Harrison Smith. If you look at what they did last week, they really only took one shot down the field. That long bomb to A.J. Brown, you, you hit him for oh, 54 that one was like gorgeous, yards. right? Beautiful ball, hit him right yeah. in stride. A.J. Brown shows you the latest of hands, which I think for receivers, the, the ultimate cherry on top of your skill set. If you're just able to give the cornerback no time at all to read your hands, A.J. Brown is unbelievable at that. But the rest of the time – They were trying to set up their screen game, which really didn't get going too well until about the fourth quarter when they needed it to pick up. They hit one to Dallas Goddard. They hit one to A.J. Brown. They were living with Dallas Goddard going and sitting in a zone, just finding space. I'm sure they'll want to work Devontae Smith into the offense this week in that exact manner because he didn't have a single catch last week. But what he did – Actually, it's crazy. Don't don't even. What get is me this game? Thirty-eight, <laughs> thirty-five against the Lions. Devontae Smith has no catches, and they run for four rushing touchdowns by four different individuals. The first time that's happened since nineteen sixty-one. So the okay, Eagles went owns. all the way old school by running the football. That so owns. and put up knows? thirty-eight. Let's go. Yeah, and they put up Aiden who. <laughs> Yeah, Aiden who? Let me say something, though, about Aiden Hutchinson. I thought how they used him last week is a good benchmark for how Zadarius Smith could potentially be deployed because Aiden was all up and down that defensive line, how they used him. They were having him crash A-gaps. They were having him rush outside outside as a seven tech. So 
Zadarius does everything. My be- my best yeah, friend is a Packers around. fan. He gives me the Zadarius Smith update like it was uh, oh yeah a history paper for him last he year. Was, so he was I know bad. all about this. Yeah, guy. it was that yeah. was a revenge game, like a real revenge game, not like you know the Marcus Epps revenge. Like he doesn't care. <laughs> He's <laughs> way J- beyond this. Jalen Rager, mad. one punt return for seven yard revenge game that we're gonna get. Oh, Rager's gonna take one. I, I he's got to take one. He's not like he probably shouldn't. Just because he's mad, right? Like you think he's he's gonna do it. He has to. Yeah, they're they're gonna boo the crap out of him, and I feel bad for him. But it's Philly. It's just, you get booed. It, it's Santa Philly got booed in Philly. Booed. Like, yeah, it's Philly. all those all those years ago. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. Okay, how would you stop Justin Jefferson if you were this Eagles team? Um, the easy broad vague answer is bracket you just have to I have was a safety say over the top james the bradbury time. chauncey gardner johnson bracket combo is probably the best way to go about this matchup right the thing is if you're gonna if you're gonna commit we have a bracket on jefferson no matter where he is and you can call defenses that like have that adaptability you don't get to decide who that is because the vikings are going to move him around they're going to motion him across he's going to have an over you don't get to decide who does the bracket and you have to just live with that, but you just have to say, okay, wherever he is, safety's going to be over top of him, and then play the game from there. I wouldn't try to force Darius Slay onto him because they're going to bring him into like you're going to bring him in the backfield, and then what? You got Darius Slay lining up in like five, like a five zero technique, like mm-hmm. you're, you're going to get into awkward spots there. I think you have to bracket him uh, because right now the way he is playing. I don't think you can just like put it like there are probably very few people in the league that can just like cover him. That's exactly what I would say as well. I mean, how are you going to go into that game and say what the Packers did last week is how to stop him? Because that was not the way to stop him. No, it was a catastrophe. Yeah, it 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 was was an absolute disaster. And you have yeah. to put ego aside, Jair Alexander, at times, and say, "Oh, okay, he's right. Me- Jair's right. This one's on Joe Barry." <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, Joe Barry has put himself into to many impractical situations in his time there, so that that makes a yeah. lot of sense. But Jonathan Gannon is somebody who is very similar in that own right that they're gonna do what they want to do, and. Does it start with Justin Jefferson or how worried should I be about Delvin Cook right away? Because I know our fans never let the missing out on Delvin Cook pick live us down. We always talk about it. Lou loves him. He wanted to get his brother this year. I mean, he's one of the better runners in the league paired with Alex Madison. I mean, can they run for 150 to 200 yards? Do you believe that they could? Because the way that they allowed Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift to move, I don't know who they're stopping. Yeah, I was gonna. I wouldn't have thought so, but I guess. (laughs) (laughs) When you put it like that, yeah. Well, let's do some predictions. Talk about uh, bet online real quick, and then uh, let's do some predictions. Today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast is also brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline.net, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network and the Locked On Eagles podcast. Tomorrow's Friday, and you know what that means here at Locked On Eagles. It's LOE3. There's only one place where we get our wagers, any player props, any in-game bets, live action that you want to bet on for football, soccer, NHL, MLB, any sport that is out there, you can bet at betonline.net. Go there today, grab your mobile device or your laptop, just go to betonline.net. 
make an account and live what it's like to have all of these bets at your disposal. It's truly unbelievable. You could spend all day, all night betting responsibly at betonline.net because it is the official. Oh, we're not doing that. All right, everybody. We talked about the matchups. We know who's coming to town. Our old friends, our old Minnesota Viking pals, the 38 to 7 best friends that we have. <laughs> Luke Braun is. is joining us here. <laughs> Took from you long Lockdown enough. Vikings. I'm Gino Camilleri from Lockdown Eagles. I had to. I didn't want to go low, but it's always one of those games. And to say that yeah, the yeah. two guys playing in that game were starting week two preseason games just a few weeks ago is absolutely insane to me. Case Keenum and Nick Foles, both oh, yeah. now backups and lived through one of the craziest uh, playoffs of all time, I would say. If you go back oh, and look sure. at the Blake Bortles there. was as yes. far as those two guys. We'll absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and Tom Brady lost to one of them, which is absolutely yes. bananas. But we right. got Jalen Hurts. We got Kirk Cousins. We have a whole bunch of, I would say, top-tier quality talent in this game, Luke. I, I have to all respect over, yeah. what Minnesota has done with their new general manager. They're really turning things around in terms of getting talent in there. You got Justin Jefferson. We know that. What do you think will be the amount of points your defense lends up, and how many points do you think are ultimately scored in this game? Because I want to get your over and under in this one. I'll give you how many points I think the Eagles will let up, and then we could suffice a a total overall score here. Okay, we'll do this together. I like it. Uh, So Bet Online has the Vikings as two-point dogs in this game. Um, and a, the over under is 50 and a half as of earlier on Wednesday. So that would imply like a 27, 24 game. So Mm -hmm. I'll go. I don't think the defense is going to do what they did against the Packers. That felt that the Eagles aren't going to mess up that bad. That was insane. (laughs) Uh, and also they have people who can catch the ball which is yes. the Packers do not. Um, yeah, I'll go chalk 24. The Vikings will allow 24 points or sorry, other uh, 27. The, the, You're going to go with the 27, 27 That's chalk. So I'll go chalk. Cause I have well, no with this game. It confuses the hell out of me. I have no idea what to make of the Eagles. <laughs> I, I don't either. My friend and Minnesota is always <laughs> one of those games. And, and listen here, it's always weird. Gonna, it's always weird. And week two, the Eagles haven't won. Since 2015, they've lost all the way back to 2016. Okay, yeah. in week two. What? What is this? <laughs> I, I don't know. What, is this a curse? Well, you got a cur- curse two. of uh, Kirk Cousins on Monday night, too. So we got all yeah, kinds dude. of weird juju energy in this one. First night game in Philly since the 38-7 game. This is the so this gonna one's going to get weird. weird. I'm going to okay. say the Eagles also allow 27 points. Are we, we going to hit our over? We're going to tie and we're going to go to 27, 27 tie. Let's do it. I'm in 27, 27 tie. I don't like predict. The only way I'm going to go out is with the tie right now. These seem like two teams. I love all it. the juju around them with all the stuff that's happened in the past. Players moving there. Justin Jefferson, the whole ordeal. This just seems like one of those games with the way the NFL is gone. They need to change the rule. Let's put some yeah. good mojo on it. And it's not yes. going to end in a tie. We know that. We'll hit the over though with a bet online. Hit the over. Absolutely. Luke, 
this is the first time I think I've ever talked to you in my four years here at Locked On Eagles doing no a way. crossover show. So we did one. This, we did one in did 2019 we? before the uh, the Zach Brown game. Oh goodness me, we did. I forget yeah, about those two years. He got his lunch ate by Kirk Cousins and lost his job over it. Which <laughs> he did. Yikes, he bud! Did. <laughs> I threw my hat at the wall in my dad's restaurant after that missed onside kick. I thought we had it, but oh, well, God. for the second time, I'm glad we got the chat again on these airwaves. I'm glad everybody makes the Lockdown Podcast Network your first listen each and every day. Luke Braun. Tell all of our fans over at Lockdown Eagles where they can find your work, where to listen to you, maybe even where to watch you as well. Sure. Uh, so you can find Lockdown Vikings wherever you find Lockdown Eagles, uh, including YouTube. You can also find me on Lockdown NFL and the Minnesota Football Party. I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash NFL. On it, there is a history of the Minnesota Vikings documentary series. Seven hours long. It's like a whole t- season of TV. Um, the Eagles make a few appearances there. The 38-7 game is uh, definitely featured. Also, go all the way back to 80, first round, the 1980 run. First round started with the Vikings, and then a couple in the 2000s as well, the Bradford trade, all sorts of weird stuff. Uh, Randall Cunningham. Yeah, so there's, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of weird little connections between the Vikings and the Eagles, but you can find all that stuff there too. I watched a Minnesota Vikings-Philadelphia Eagles playoff game when I was a younger wee lad in a Chuck E. Cheese and I believe that was a Randy Moss game when he was there, and the Philadelphia Eagles beat them. I don't remember what exact year it was, but to say I remember, 04. It was the Super Bowl year. The that big, is correct. Yeah, Super Bowl year. That in my memory is so ingrained in there that I can't even believe that I was in a Chuck E. Cheese watching a playoff game because <laughs> if I was doing that in this day and age. I would go absolutely insane. I got to be in my couch. I got to listen to all the pre-shows at Lockdown NFL and listen to all the other shows over at the Lockdown Podcast Network to find out what's going on in each and every one of those games. I'm Gino Camilleri, host of the Lockdown Eagles Podcast. Find me on Twitter at GC24 underscore football. Find both of our shows five days a week, each and every day. We're going all through football season, all through the offseason, but we're just getting started. Week two kicks off Monday night for the Eagles and Vikings. We'll find out who could keep their undefeated record going. Fly, Eagles, fly.